Hello and welcome to the very first episode of our brand new Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. I am your host, Karen, and each episode I'll be welcoming people into our Beehive pod and squeezing stories out of them for you to listen to as you go about your day. October 2022 marks our five-year birthday since we launched The Beehive, a little shop in the heart of Ashford in Kent. And so what better time than to launch a podcast to mark the occasion? As you may know, if you spend any time with us or have been watching us on social media, one of our biggest and most favourite things is sharing stories. We can't get enough of it. And so this podcast will be filled with stories, memories, probably a bit of laughter, and I can't guarantee there won't be some tears too. To kick us off, we thought we would take you back to the very beginning and even a bit before the beginning. I am joined by Becca. Hello. Hi, Becca. Hi. (laughs) Does it feel really weird sitting? Oh, yes. Yeah, this is not normal. No. We don't normally have microphones between us when we're having chats. Not normally. No. No. We do have coffee usually and we do right now. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have wine. No. And that is a normal. Or gin. Oh, or gin, yeah. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Next time. Um, so before we get into the nitty gritty stuff, um, the guests I chat to, some of our listeners may know them or know of them, um, but some may not have a blinking clue who they are at all. Um, so to break the ice and to help our listeners get to know a bit about the people behind the voices chatting in their ears, we're going to do a quick fire question round. My favourite. Or as I like to call it, the... Who are ya? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get we need to get that as a jingle. Mm, we'll see. Okay, hit me with them. Are you sure? Are you yeah, ready? I'm ready. Are you prepared? No. They're all really deep Great. and really meaningful. <laughs> so think you can manage it? Oh, I think I can. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. What's your full name? Rebecca Claire Wilkinson. Fruit or vegetables? Vegetables. Sweet or savoury? Oh, it really depends. Savoury. Where did you grow up? Uh, I li- grew up in Staplehurst. What is your favourite colour? Yellow. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Summer or winter? <laughs> winter. Cats or dogs? Dogs. What was your favourite subject at school? Oh, probably drama. Favourite pizza topping? Oh, that's a really tricky one. I think pepperoni yeah or a meat feast yeah you do you do love like meat 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 (laughs) (laughs) yes i do i am a carnivore not a vegetarian (laughs) Um, and obviously i saved the most that most important question till last the favorite piece topping because that is like crucial yeah that is like creme de la creme of the yeah. questions. And if I'd said pineapple, we may have lost a lot of listeners. So. And you would have lost a friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was really tempted to put in there, um, who's your favourite person, just to kind of like cajole you into saying me. Um, but I didn't want to risk it <laughs> in case you didn't. Ouch. <laughs> so Becca. Yes. You are the manager of the Beehive Ashford. I am. Um, But more than that, you are the founder, the dreamer, the visionary of the whole Beehive concept, are you not? I am. It still sounds weird after all this time. (laughs) It has, like, it has been a long while. It really has now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so let's go way back before the Beehive opened its doors. Um, tell me a bit about your history, not not from birth because we don't have all day. <laughs> um, but if you could just tell me a little bit about how and when coffee and the dream of running a cafe became a passion for you. So half of me says it's something I kind of accidentally fell into, which I don't believe. Nah. But also the other half knows that it's been part of my story forever. I've come from a family where coffee is very important. We we joke that we would go out for the day to say a nice National Trust property. And the first thing everyone says is, should we find the cafe? And we would start <laughs> every day, like every trip with a nice coffee from nice. somewhere. So it was kind of ingrained in me. Uh, I went to university, started training to be a nurse, discovered I was a horrible nurse. It just <laughs> wasn't for me. Um, and so I left, came back home and I got a job in Cafe Nero over at the designer outlet in Ashford. Um, and the interview went very well. And that was partly because coffee culture was something I really knew and understood yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. being in a cafe and what, and I, I'm, I'm quite a noticer. So noticing what people in the cafe do when they're working there. So um, I got the job quite easily. Within a year, I was a, a manager for Cafe Nero and I worked all over Kent in different Cafe Neros. And I, I found that it was something I was really good at. I kept dreaming about running my own business, um, thinking about going back to college or university or something to study. Um, but for various reasons, that never happened. But I kept working for Cafe Nero. I was there around a decade um, and just kept dreaming about having my own cafe one day and various ideas about what that would look like, ha how that would come about, but not really actioning it at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you like picking out wall colours and everything like that well, first before even then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the colour <laughs> and the aesthetic for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like pre. That was like the first business plan was wall colours. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Figured as much. <laughs> um, so you felt like this dream for opening a community cafe was becoming bigger and bigger in your head, um, and in your heart. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't get it out of your head. Um, and so you joined a church in Ashford. Um, what was then called Ashford Vineyard um, it's now called Numa Church but disclaimer I'm going to refer to it as, as Ashford Vineyard or AV um, for the purposes of looking back because that was what it was at the time yeah. um, but for everyone who's listening it is now called Numa Church <laughs> um, so you joined AV and you felt like your dream and ideas for this community cafe would be a great fit for the stuff that they were already doing in the community there at the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ashford Vineyard was very well known for gathering people in, for putting on these events where community and family was created. Um, and I'd come from another church where I'd kind of like toyed with this idea of a community cafe and it just it just didn't fit there. It just wasn't right um, at that time for that church. Um, and... But it was because I just need I was in the wrong place for me anyway and for my ideas. And so, um, yeah, that it just fit well. Yeah, nice. So then you went to Nick and Chris, who are the senior pastors, and you asked them about it. How did that conversation go? Yeah, it was really good. So at the time, I'd um, I'd been working with my dad uh, on community cafe projects. He'd done a couple of pop-up type things. And in their church building, they did a pop-up that was like on a Saturday. One of the rooms got turned into a cafe and, you know, it was just there on the Saturday. So we were just getting our warehouse building that we're still in today at that time. And I said, oh, I'd like to do a kind of pop-up on a Saturday. 
and they were brilliant. They said, yeah, that sounds great. Why don't you go away and uh, dream about that a bit? And then they also gave me some leadership opportunities within the church at that time as well to kind of start mentoring me and giving me experience with leading in that kind of environment because I'd you've been in the corporate cafe world but it's quite different from the church volunteer-led kind of world yeah I love that and I mean that's something that Nick and Chris are so great at doing giving you the opportunities to learn and lead even if it's not the area that you like are specifically wanting to go into um so how did you find being in those positions, like in those leadership opportunities, um, how did that go for you and how did it shape kind of how you would later lead um, the beehive? Yeah, I had some really interesting times. I think some of the things that I realised I found the hardest was about gathering team and that asking someone to come and volunteer and give their time for something was not... I'm not great or I wasn't great I've got much better at starting conversations with people I don't know inviting them into things so that was a steep learning curve for me and then when I stepped up a bit within leadering 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 there's a word (laughs) within different leader roles and I started leading leaders that again was quite a different thing that I'd not done before um, and helping other people shape their vision a bit and also the the challenges that come with people coming to you with some really wacky ideas <laughs> and how to and how to lead that make sure that it fits the vision of the overall project of what you're trying to do um, and work alongside other leaders as well was really really useful for me so you learned a lot I definitely did some highs and some lows <laughs> absolutely yeah and <laughs> um, so after that initial chat with Nick and Chris, obviously you had some leadership opportunities and that kind of thing. Um, but you started to put down on paper a proper business plan for how it might look, how you wanted it to look, how it could look. Yeah. Um, all of its kind of vision and its values and everything that was in your heart, it all went onto paper, right? Yeah. Um, so how were you feeling at that point as you were sitting there with a piece of paper? Well, probably your laptop, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Sitting there with your um, whatever type of paper whether it's digital or real tree um sitting there writing all of this stuff down onto paper like how were you feeling I was encouraged that you know I'd got support from people around me um that knew what was going on but um I I definitely felt like a little bit in the wilderness for a bit and I was putting things down but i I didn't see how to get to the next step. I'm quite good at big vision thinking, but I find the next right thing hard to come up with. And and it was really scary, the idea of actually taking a step out and starting this thing, whatever it was eventually going to look like. I mean, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But really exciting too. Yeah, definitely. I was excited. Um, and, you know, like I said, I had really big dreams. Yeah, yeah. For, and and it, it, I should say here, it very quickly moved away from being a pop-up in our church building. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I realised that my heart was for the high street. And so it was, it was putting that down on paper made me realise what it was I really wanted. What oh, was I in love my heart. that. It yeah. started to focus like yeah. what you actually were passionate about. Yeah. Not looking at what was in front of you and what was available to you. Yeah. But looking at what you wanted. And realising I was starting too small, you know, that that wasn't going to do what I wanted it to do. And that, you know, that my dreams were bigger than that. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, so you were married and with three very little children at the yeah. time. Um, how did you manage to juggle family life, but also um, pursuing this humongous dream <laughs> that didn't really have, um, you didn't have like a when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. So how did you manage to juggle the two? Yeah, it was good fun. Um, <laughs> I left working for Cafe Nero after, uh, when I went on maternity leave for my second child. So I'd kind of left proper, in inverted commas, employment at that point, but actually started a business with my dad. Um, and so that was largely, I was doing the admin from home. So I was earning a bit of money working from home. Um, my husband had a full-time job. So I sort of stayed at home, worked at home, worked uh, you know, whilst childcare and juggling all of those things. I was also really, really fortunate that not only did Nick and Chris like emotionally and like, you know, support me as a mentor, but as a church, they put a little bit of money behind me and paid for some childcare. So I had just a small amount of time each week that I would come into the office at the, at the warehouse and be able to focus on writing that business plan, um, which I wouldn't have been able to focus with small children at no. home. Um, without that time yeah that's great so you had like both the emotional support but also the real practical support to yeah. give you the time to really focus your dreams and yeah, your vision definitely. I love that um so you continue to work on finding because you you had decided that it was going to be a cafe and something but you had yeah. no idea what what the end was going to be yeah absolutely that was something that like right from when I was working at Cafe Nero yeah. That's where I couldn't figure out what it was going to look like. It was going to be a cafe and bookshop, craft space, yeah. art space. Yeah, and I just had no idea what that and was. So you continue to work on finding that and. Yeah. Um, and kind of exploring and pushing doors. But in April 2016, a guy called Trey Shepherd um, came to Ashford Vineyard um, for a training day. So... Um, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, don't worry, you shouldn't. He's not famous. <laughs> He's um, no one that you necessarily should know. Um, but he is a really amazing church leader. He's a teacher and he's a musician. Um, and so um, Nick and Chris often just ask people who they think are amazing to come and talk to the leaders of um, their church just to train them and give them a different perspective. Um, and so they had asked him to come to do Wide Leadership Training Day um, and we're going to talk in more detail about that day in a later episode. Oh, yeah. um, so listeners, come back. Um, but for the purposes of this part of your story, we need to just say this little bit. Um, that day, Trey encouraged you very clearly to dream bigger than coffee. Yeah. Um, so coming away from that training and now with this really great guy um who knows his stuff and has experience um saying to you like dream bigger than coffee that's not how he talks he's american <laughs> dream bigger than coffee <laughs> just like that <laughs> yeah just like that i hope he's not listening um coming away from that training day how were you feeling i was really encouraged um it but also really scared because basically I just talked to Nick and Chris about what I've been planning and suddenly the whole leadership knew what I wanted to do and were really excited about it. So then it kind of put the pressure on a little bit um, that I, I now kind of had to do something. There was an expectation, but it was so encouraging to have been seen 
and and that how excited other people around me were yeah. you know the people that I was leading alongside loved it and wanted to see it happen so yeah it was scary and exciting a mixture of feelings yeah yeah um so you went away from that uh, yeah. that was in the April um and then in May 2016 you finished a first draft of a business plan yeah. um and some kind of pitches for funding and that kind of thing um I dug around in the archives <laughs> <laughs> and I found um I found these things and this is why we do things on laptops right well, <laughs> oh, don't say that I'm a paper and pen girl <laughs> um but yeah so you you did these things and you got them down and it was kind of like, this is what the beehive is going to be. Yeah. Um, and so there were a couple of bits that I grabbed out of it that really um, grabbed me. Um, so I'm just going to read them yeah. out to you. I, I assume you'll remember these. Um, I haven't told you these in advance. You have so, not. Um, I assume you'll remember these. Um, so you said the cafe will be a vibrant focal point of the community hub. It will be based around high quality food and drink at affordable prices. It will deliver social benefit rather than being an outright commercial operation. Just as bees are constantly and productively in and out of the hive, it will be a place full of life and activity. The Beehive aims to build up its users, to leave them feeling rejuvenated, special, healthier in mind and body and filled with dreams and optimism. In the same way that bees pollinate a garden, we want people to be given the chance to reach their full potential and in turn improve the community of Ashford as a whole. <laughs> I love this so much because reading that written so long ago um, and then looking at what the beehive is now, it totally fulfills what you planned and hoped, right. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All that you dreamt of and more. Um, and so how does it feel to hear those words said back to you now? Yeah. Um, like in hindsight and knowing how much we have a te- as a team have gone through to get to where we are now, but also how much you personally have gone through to get to where you are now. Yeah, I love it. I love that you picked that passage because I have done quite a lot of talks over the years about the beehive and I read that passage out every time. So I almost <laughs> know it word for word because I find it amazing every time I look back at it, how accurate it is how before and this is before we really knew what the beehive was going to look like right because it was still just cafe and yeah and it's ended up a slightly different thing to that but definitely still cafe and and the cafe is the heart of it and all of those things that are in it have really come around and it is uh yeah when you look back at those past years since that happened it is kind of bonkers it is absolutely (laughs) (laughs) like I just love like the cafe will be a vibrant focal point of the community hub and like like giving a benefit of social benefit as opposed to just monetary benefit um is totally what we're about and obviously um like you we as a team like we are business people and we want to create a really important business on the high street but at the same time we want it to be like social action and so yeah like well done (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) totally fulfilled like but that was like way before we even knew what was coming. So that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it really is. Oh my goodness. Okay, so 
oh, I've got to move on from that. <laughs> um, so then from that point, like writing that business plan and um, pitches and that kind of thing, there was a year or so where like you kept carrying on but nothing was really happening and you were pushing doors and you were kind of like racking your brains how can I do this um but just like nothing happened right yeah pretty yeah. much um I just couldn't see I like I said before the the next step just I couldn't see it and it didn't matter how many doors I pushed I looked at buildings I met with funding people all kinds of things it just needed so much money in my head to get going yeah um and I I couldn't see how that was going to happen all we had was after Trey came um Nick and Chris then got me to talk in church so after being outed to the wider leadership team they then got me to tell the whole church about what I wanted and from that we had a really generous donor who wanted to get behind that and he put a thousand pounds in a pot and that was it that was all I had sitting in that pot was a thousand pounds and I just thought there's no way I can do this (laughs) I need like tens of thousands of pounds and a massive building and I just couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get there yeah the next step I felt stuck yeah um so in that year, like a year's a long time, really, yeah. in human years. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> longer in dog years. Um, but how did you manage to keep the joy and like keep the dream alive? Because it must have been really discouraging and really tough. Yeah, it it was. And there was definitely times where I thought I'm just like daydreaming here. You know, this is never going to happen um, but then, you know, just going back to what Trey had said um, and the excitement about the people around me, the encouragement that I was constantly getting from people did help buoy me on in those times when I was really struggling. But yeah, it was definitely discouraging and it was hard on family life as well because yeah. you couldn't see what what when it was ever going to happen yeah did it feel a little bit like you were working towards something that could just never happen yeah definitely and that's like that's a slog yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah (laughs) dramatic pause (laughs) I mean it all turned out right so we can (laughs) we can laugh about it now (laughs) um so that was a year. And then in the summer of 2017 is when the beginning came. And um, we're going to chat about what happened um, next in another episode. So listeners, make sure to subscribe so you can get the next installment. Um, but um, for you, Becca, looking back on before the beginning um, and all the hopes and dreams that you had for what the beehive would become or you hoped it would become... And we now know it did. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it make you feel to see it as it as it is now? Um, and is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really awkward if you say no. Yeah, I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I genuinely frequently open the front door in the morning. I'm almost always the first person there. And I walk in and think, I cannot believe this is real. And it's so incredible. Our our newest shop, which again, you'll hear about all the different buildings and things that we've done things in, um, is beautiful. And it really is fulfilling what I was dreaming at that time. I've had to learn a lot along the way about how you get to big dreams. Um, And it's been hard work. There have been so many tears. There have been... (laughs) 
personal struggles as yeah. well mixed in with all of that yeah um we've used up a lot of boxes of tissues absolutely we have and um and it's it's been really hard but like I said I go back to those paragraphs I wrote all those years ago about what I wanted it to be like and it is now happening and there's still more to come there are things that Trey said I've been revisiting what he said a lot lately that that haven't happened yet and there's still exciting things to grow into but I feel a lot more sure now that those will happen because I've got you know I've seen seen so many other things some things that have already happened yeah Yeah. um where when I when I wrote those words I had no idea how it how it was going to get there so yeah it's it's super exciting and I am grateful every day that I get to do this oh that's sweet I'm really happy that you feel that way because <laughs> because we're grateful too as yeah, a team yeah. <laughs> well we're gonna have um loads more installments of the story so you're gonna be back and you're yeah. gonna be joining me another day probably with some other people looking forward to it yes um so thank you for giving us the story of before the beginning and I'm really excited for the beginning me which too. will be next it's a great story yay, yay. um thank you for joining me today thank you and see you again soon yeah Thank you for listening to this episode of Rubies and Gold. You won't want to miss an episode, so make sure you like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on. We'd also love to hear from you. Reach out and tell us your thoughts, or if you have questions to ask, drop us an email at rubiesandgoldpod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or just stop by for coffee one day if you're nearby. We'd love to see you.